This podcast is hosted by a child sexual abuse and rape survivor who has also experienced homelessness, physical and emotional abuse, suicide attempts, and other traumatic events. Although Jess speaks with tenderness and charity on these subjects, some may find the content uncomfortable to listen to. If you are sensitive to these types of life experiences, we encourage you to pause this podcast and read the show notes for the particular episode to decide if you would like to continue. You're listening to the Divine Wisdom from the Kitchen podcast, hosted by Jess Echeverry, wife to a Catholic deacon, mother to five children, and dog mom to English bulldogs Chulo and Duke, as well as a survivor, speaker, woman and family advocate, and author. A convert to the faith, Jess goes beyond the class curriculum or church document and invites you to a conversation about our daily faith walk, our relationship with Christ and the church, and everything else in between. It's a heart-to-heart that leaves you with a good feeling in your soul. And now, without further ado, here's Jess. Hello, my friends, and thank you for joining me on another episode of Divine Wisdom from the Kitchen. And today, my momily, that's for those of you who aren't familiar with my trailer where I explain it, that's where I just give little reflections, you know, from a mother's, a woman's a Christian woman mother's point of view. So my momily today is about the word joy. I love saying that word um, for a couple reasons. One, because um, probably I would say early 2000s um, when I was exposed to, you know, like kids worship songs. I just remember the song and it went like, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Anyway, so it brings a good happy feeling of children worship and and laughter and goodness. Um, And the second thing that I love about the word joy is that it is my maternal grandmother's middle name. May she rest in peace. Um, And I actually didn't know it or was aware consciously of it until a few years ago um, she passed away and we were preparing for her internment and I had to fill out the papers and the death certificate had her middle name there and I saw Phyllis Joy. And I thought, wow, my grandmother's middle name was Joy. That's that's just so beautiful. So anyway, so those are the two things that pop up in my heart when I think of the word joy. But for you listeners out there, joy, um, that's also, we're in, let's see, the third week of Advent coming this Sunday. And that would be the pink or rose, for those of you who are very specific that it be rose, you know who I'm talking about pink or rose candle on the advent wreath. And it is this Sunday um, called Gaudete Sunday. And Gaudete means rejoice in Latin, joy. So just wanted to share that little tidbit with you. And then kind of what kind of what came on my heart as I was preparing for this mommily, you know, today for this episode, you know, I actually got woken up in the middle of the night last night with this. And so I thought, oh, wow, um, God, you must really want me to share this. So um, so I prayed about it. And so I really want to talk about the difference between joy and pleasure. Um, I know a few years back uh, I was sharing on social media a little bit about this because I had just started an exercise regimen. 
and a diet. And for those of you who may know me or follow me on Facebook, I've been trying for the past 10, 15 years to not become addicted, you know, not still be addicted to sugar and to eat healthy and to exercise. And that's just one of the hardest things for me to do. But anyway, a few years back on social media, I, I did do a couple posts about this, this difference between joy and pleasure. And it, I think it's really important because I think a lot of people, especially non-Christians, um, seek pleasure instead of joy. And, you know, that's really sad because here's the thing. Pleasure, that's something that is dependent on what's on the outside of you, right? Like your external conditions. Think of it as like something that's a one-time hit that wears off. Um, for me, it was sugar, right? Like having that cupcake or and getting that high and, and getting that boost of energy. But then it wore off. And then I was just really dragging and it was terrible, right? That's pleasure. While I was eating that cupcake, I was happy. I was very happy. It felt really good, actually. But it didn't last, that's what pleasure is. It doesn't last. It's 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 the outs. It's it's in it's what you're experiencing on the outside of you, and we have to be really careful with that, because that is vice, okay? And that's not healthy for our souls. But joy, joy is this this beautiful interior knowing, right? This, this interior knowing that no matter what is happening, no matter what has happened or is going to happen, is just this interior knowledge that God loves you. And there's nothing that can take that love away. That is joy. And it's because it's achieved from within. And it's achieved from within that it's not, that it doesn't go away. We may stop feeling it for a certain amount of time, but it's always there. It's this kind of interior foundation. And so I guess that a lot of people may be asking, well, sheesh, I want that. How can I obtain that? I want that joy, right? And, you know, that leads me to scripture. So the, script, the first scripture I want to share with you is 1 Chronicles sixteen twenty seven. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his resting place. What does that mean? That means that it's authentic joy is found in God's presence, in our resting in him. That's where joy comes from. It comes from the presence of God. And that's why it's important that we seek joy and not pleasure and make sure that we're not confused, right, in seeking pleasure, thinking we're seeking joy. But really it's about God's presence in our life. And so we really have to ask ourselves, is God present in my life? Now, as a Catholic, right, in my faith tradition, that's an easy answer for me. Absolutely. I mean, it's been a little bit difficult this year. Okay. All right. It's been a lot difficult. Let me just be honest. But, you know, because of COVID, but yes, God is present in my life. It's one of the 
top reasons I am a Catholic Christian, and that's because God is present in the, the holy sacraments that he's given us as Catholic Christians. And what are those sacraments? Well, sacraments are they're outward signs, right? They're visible signs of God's invisible grace, God's unseen presence. That's what the sacraments are. And we have seven of them. Baptism is one of them. You know, when we are brought into the kingdom of God as a, as a new Christian and saved, it's our salvation. Um, confession, co- uh, communion, matrimony, you know, it's man and woman coming before God at the altar in the church and declaring their lifelong commitment to one another and serving him. Holy orders, you know, when when men commit their lives to serving God in persona Christi, um, super important confirmation, you know, when you stand up and, and you declare that, yes, you are a Catholic Christian, you believe what the church teaches and you want to be anointed by the Holy Spirit to go forth out into the world and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, I mean, that those are seven beautiful and profound ways that God is present in a Catholic's life. And so participation in the sacraments is so key to bringing about the presence of God in your life. Now, if you're not Catholic, how can you bring about that presence as well? Obviously, um, you know, prayer, fasting, you know, your, your worship, all those things to, you know, not just have it be something that's on Sunday, but every day. And if you can get to it every moment, every moment that you can to actively be praising him and thanking him and petitioning him, and loving him, and adoring him. That brings God deep into your heart and brings him present within you. Now, I I did want to talk about, though, that not a lot of people are feeling joyful nowadays. It's been a very difficult year. People have lost loved ones. We've been struggling with this pandemic We've had, you know, children not in school, jobs lost, small businesses closing. There's been a, just a huge impact on people's mental health, emotional well-being. The rate of addiction and suicides are up. And even without having had this happen this year, there are still trials and sufferings that we as human beings just go through. There is somebody out there listening right now who has a failed marriage or relationship or who has a child that they're worried about, maybe for medical reasons or maybe for emotional reasons or, you know, has to just got a a bad medical diagnosis and has to deal with, with, with all of those feelings. Those are all of the trials and sufferings that we as human beings go through. And so... You're probably thinking, yeah, you can sit there and talk about joy all you want. That's just not what's going on with me right now. Well, this is what I want to say to you is if you are suffering, if you're in a trial right now and 
Maybe it just started. Maybe you've just been there for a long time. Joy is absolutely still possible. As a matter of fact, I believe this is when it's most needed. It's most needed when you're down. It's most needed when you feel like you can't go on. The joy of Christ, the presence of God in your life. If, if you're in a trial or suffering, now is the time for God to be present with you and to have that joy. It's for you especially. And now the scripture I want to share with you about that touches on this. And it may sound a little upsetting at first, but give it a chance, right? James 1, 2 through 3. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Now, look, I've been through trials and sufferings and, you know, lots of traumas. I get it. It's hard to find joy when you're feeling that way. But it's not impossible. And the difference between me back then and my trials and sufferings and me now is now I know. Now I know that it's possible. And that's why I'm sharing it with you So that in that trial, in that suffering, you too can know that it's absolutely possible. Not only is it possible, Scripture is telling us, consider it pure joy. What? Consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. Why? Because God is with you. God is with you. Because yes, your faith is being tested. Because whenever you're in a trial, God wants you to turn to him. He wants you to call out to him. He wants you to ask him for help and to be present in your life. He wants to bring you his joy. But it is difficult. But you must persevere. And who better do we have as an example of perseverance than Jesus Christ himself? Jesus Christ himself in his passion and death on the cross. That is the example of perseverance we're supposed to have. Do not give up. Stay the course. Continue prayer. Continue fasting. Surrender to God And fall in love with Jesus in your pain and sorrow. And do not be afraid. Because Jesus is our example. Listen, truth be told, God could have breathed or snapped his fingers or done any whatever he wanted to do to bring Jesus to any moment in our timeline to save us. But he didn't do it that way. He didn't bring him down, resurrected from the cross already. He didn't save us in a different way. How did he save us? He brought Jesus Christ down into the womb of a woman as a, as a, as a zygote, as an embryo, as a fetus, as an unborn child. That is how Jesus came to us. That's how God chose, and he could have chosen any other way. 
to give us our Savior. And that unborn child was born into a family with a mother and a father. And that unborn child was, that, that child born into the family was raised in that family and prepared for the life that God set him on, what he was called to do. And what was he called to do? Suffer. When the time came, he went willingly into his beatings, his scourgings, his arrest, his incarceration, his crowning of thorns, his, his carrying his cross, his being nailed to the cross at the top of that mountain. That's suffering and trials, my friends. And he died on that cross. You know, look, that's another reason why I love our Catholic faith is because we wear, we hang, we, we show crucifixes. You know, and I have friends who are like, oh, you know, we don't, we don't believe in the crucifix. You know, we don't, we don't believe in having Jesus's dead body on there. We just have the plain cross. Okay, that's fine. You know, if that's how you feel called to worship, that's wonderful. I never try and take that away from you. But let me just share with you, though, why I look at the crucifix. Why I have the crucifix up in my house. I actually have a crucifix wall. It's like a collection of all the, the crucifixes that I've, you know, been made or given to us as a family um, through the years. And it's absolutely beautiful. But again, the crucifix, Jesus's body on the cross, I look at that and it reminds me that he suffered for me. He suffered so that I could be saved. And in my trials and in my pain and in my suffering, when I look at the crucifix, I see that. And I, I then say, you know what, Jesus, you did that for me. I'm going to do this suffering for you. That's what it does. I don't want to look at a blank cross. Because you know what a blank cross is to me? It's an execution device by the Romans. That's what it is. But Jesus' body on the cross is a testimony. It's a witness. It's an example to us that we are going to go through trials and suffering. And based on the scripture in James, we should consider it pure joy and persevere. Fall in love with the crucified Christ. If you are in pain and suffering, fall in love with Jesus. I want to close with this one last scripture, which I absolutely love. It's, I, I always say, oh, this is one of my top favorites. And I, I feel like I'm starting to say that about every piece of scripture I encounter. But um, I guess that's how it goes. But no, I, I want to finish with this one last scripture. Um, because I just think it's so beautiful. And I really would love for, for you to reflect on it. It's 1 Peter 1, 8 through 9. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. 
That's what it is, folks. Even though I have never seen him, and even though I do not see him now, I've never seen Jesus, and I do not see him now, I believe in him, I love him, and because of that, God is present in me. And it fills me with an inexpressible and glorious joy. And I would love for you, especially those who are suffering right now, to be filled with that inexpressible and glorious joy as well. Thank you again for joining me. And may the joy of Christ and the presence of God be within you. If you enjoyed this episode, please remember to subscribe and spread the word. Tell your friends and family on social media to leave us a five-star review. Make sure to check the show notes for helpful links about topics discussed in this episode. Jess's latest book, Dazzled, Finding the Key to Perfect Forgiveness, is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Balboa Press, as well as Momaletics.com. That's M-O-M-M-A-L-E-T-I-C-S dot com, where you can also connect with her directly. Thanks for listening, and make sure you join us next time for more heart-to-heart and good feelings in your soul on Divine Wisdom from the Kitchen.